Hello, sustainability partners. This is Lydia Vanderbroek here to share with you best practices around sustainability in hospitality and tourism. And by sustainability, I mean more than mere ecological sustainability, which has thankfully moved into the center of our collective attention over the last few years. If you want to run a truly sustainable operation, you need to also assure economic sustainability, primarily through excellent guest service and human as well as social sustainability by training and empowering your staff and including the communities that you interact with. How? Well, this is where I come in and I talk to real people in real businesses to hear about real solutions to real challenges and I'm happy to share these learnings with you. So if you want to become more sustainable, I invite you to listen in to our conversations and pick out some of these gold nuggets that you can hopefully use in your own operations. And as a side note, every one of my guests has offered to make themselves available for a more in-depth conversation. So by all means, do reach out, connect, and together we can make hospitality and tourism more sustainable. people out there and welcome to 2024, a year in which not only this community here hopefully will experience sustainable hospitality in many different shapes and forms. One rather unusual shape and form of sustainable hospitality is the one I get to present to you today. My guest Denise Murka has co-founded and is the managing director of Lindenburg Hospitality based in Frankfurt and expanding into the world. To be thinking outside the box, to understand your guests' needs, and to create a place in which you yourself would really like to be staying, to enjoy what you're doing, all this sounds like quite the ingredients list for a successful enterprise. And by doing just that, Denise and her team have developed quite a hospitality concept, which might might not fit your operation exactly, but I'm sure it will give you some very valuable food for thought especially if you are just creating your hospitality operation or you are revamping it or you are dealing with the fact that you might not have the staffing that you need or you just want to be innovative and creative going forward. So I'm so pleased to share a conversation with you and I hope you will enjoy it as much as I do. But before we go there... Friendly listeners out there, allow me to draw your attention to this little segment that I like to call Not Sponsored By. It's where I like to introduce you to products or services that I have encountered and feel that they could be interesting to you. And the fact that so far nobody out there has expressed the urge to sponsor this program, it just allows me to do whatever I want, right? And present to you just exactly what I find interesting. Having said that, this episode is not sponsored by a non-for-profit organization called Hotels for Trees. I find that idea really appealing. Participating hotels pay Hotels for Trees a small fee for each room that is not cleaned. They, in turn, plant trees. The guests apparently can immediately see the impact 
of their choices since Hotels for Trees update their websites daily to show how many trees they have planted. So that's good for the guests. The hotel can prove that it's not just, you know, greenwashing and saving on housekeeping costs. And of course, Earth gets greener and cooler, and that's cool, right? So check them out if you want to. Hotelsfortrees.com. I found them on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and so forth. If you want to, if you feel like it, connect with them and look them up. And that's it for my Not Sponsored By segment. On we go with my conversation with Denise. See you there. Good morning from outside of Frankfurt, your hometown. Is it your hometown, Denise? Actually, yes. Frankfurt? I was born close to Frankfurt in a town called Rüsselsheim. 20 minutes far from Frankfurt, but um, I moved to Frankfurt when I was 20 years old. Uh, so I, I'd consider myself being a Frankfurter, yeah. You're a Frankfurter. All right. So I'm not from Frankfurt. I'm from Vienna. You are from Frankfurt, but I'm reaching you in Bali. So um, uh, good day, let's say. Good day. And thank you so much, Denise, for joining me in this conversation to uh, exploring a little bit um, about your concept. And as you know, I explore all things sustainable. Sustainability to me is not just ecological sustainability, but it's three-dimensional. It's the sustainable, it's the ecological part, of course. It's also the um the economical part, of course, because mm -hmm. if the service isn't right, if the concept isn't right, then you're not going to be sustainable. And it's the human uh and uh, uh societal aspect that I am um that I am looking at when I talk about sustainability. So you gotta take care of the people, you gotta take care of the communities you're living in. Otherwise, you're not going to be sustainable either. Or to quote, those of you who've been paying attention to quote my previous guest, Giz Joubert, uh, who sits in Namibia, he's brought the beautiful analogy of the three-legged pot of Southern Africa. The three-legged pot, it needs to stand on all three legs. Uh, and uh, otherwise, it'll tip over. And uh, this is how I see success. It needs to stand on the three-legged pot, on the three legs of um, of the three factors of sustainability. So having said all this, yes, uh, you are um, sustainable, but you're way more. Before we go into that, could you please introduce your group to us, please? Yes, please. So um, my name is Denise Murka. I'm the managing director of a small hospitality hotel group called Lindenberg. And our hotel group or the, the initial idea, our first concept was born in 2012 in Frankfurt with the initial idea of having guests over in a 10-room villa in Frankfurt that was equipped with uh, not only uh, special features, um, but most importantly, community areas and that idea of um, having a mixture of long-term and short-term guests. So also to redefine the position or the activity of, of, a, of a host and also to redefine the boundaries and the borders between host and guest and the stay and uh, what it would be like to be in a house that is that works and acts like a hotel and gives also all the service um, that you might ask and need um, for, but that is that can be approached differently and 
So having started with that, we grew since 2012. We have now in total five houses. Four of them are in Frank, based in Frankfurt or one is quite close, 20 minutes from Frankfurt in a forest. And then we opened one and a half years ago, um, our first project overseas in Bali, where I'm based now. Where I'm reaching you. So this is why I really wanted to talk to you. So of course you are ecologically sustainable and I'm sure you'll be talking a little bit into that. I really like the concept and this is why I pointed out the service slash the concept needs to be sustainable in order for long-term success, sustainable success to happen, right? And I just thought Your concept was very, very interesting. And perhaps it's a good food for thought for others who are, you know, just expanding their horizons and maybe looking into areas uh, of expansion that is not a classic hotel, but is a step up from Airbnb. <laughs> Do you see yourself yeah. in that realm? Is this, am I interpreting this correctly? Yeah, I mean, we get off very much often compared to, to certain co-living concepts that, that come as well with a homey feeling. I don't, I mean, obviously I can't say that I would compare our concept directly to something like Airbnb. I think that Lindenberg is different in a way that you can choose. So you can choose if you, Uh, want to be secluded or if you want to be part of a concert or cooking even and you can choose if we should wash your laundry or if you're gonna do it yourself you can choose to to cook your own pasta or to visit our restaurant and bar so i think it's it's uh, about it's more about the freedom of options and mm -hmm. us creating that stay in a very unpretentious way not really wanting to be not, not really wanting to define what we are by the end of today i think we always had the goal that whatever we whatever kind of concept we are working on or whatever surrounding we are creating that we want to do something that is a, that is away from the ordinary that is special and that makes us feel also in a very unique way um mm -hmm. so it would potentially work out For others as well and they would feel the same and they you know they basically feel feel very much at home and like a home it feels i went to visit one of your properties and it it is very comfortable it feels very homey and obviously the proof is in the in the pudding right so you have a couple of houses in frankfurt so something seems to be working very well for that concept right Yeah, I think, I mean, look, when we started in 2012, the, the whole topic of being sustainable or co-living, that what was not much, that mm -hmm. was not the, the, the topic that you would necessarily act after as a hospitality yeah. group. And I think we were lucky that we were always a young driven team that would not like would not work after a checklist of, hey, how can we be different or how can we be more sustainable? It was always about what can we do to contribute? What can we do to contribute to to the health of our planet, to the health of our team, to our own happiness, to guests that might want to experience that is something special. So it was always that question of what can we do? What can we do different? And I think that obviously helped a lot to to develop those concepts to be as you say, successful in a way that uh, people would come back at least, <laughs> you know, or visit us or 
come also independent from staying with us overnight and visit a concert or staying in touch with us. So that that's incredible. And we are, um, we feel very lucky. So when you started in 2012, you started with the idea, help me put this into a timely perspective. Was Airbnb out and humming already? That's a good question. No, I think slightly after, but I want to Mm -hmm. We would need to look that up to be 100% sure. Yeah, good question. Okay. No, I don't because, think so. Yeah, Yeah. no, because we have 2023. So, because that's what Airbnb was originally about, right? Staying with other people, with locals and getting to know the yeah, local culture, staying with somebody, right? Um, yeah. And uh, this is what, what you're offering in a way. I mean, I've been staying with a lot of Airbnb uh, properties, but I never stayed with somebody. It's, you know, it's just like renting a house, right? Or renting an apartment, but at least to me. But you've really taken the concept of staying with locals. Is that... Staying is, is with long-term guests. Either they are local from the area or they have other reasons to stay long term with us and overhanding the hosts in case they obviously want to or they're made for that also a little bit the guidance guidance through the house or the the role of yeah host other guests and giving insights on a city or on on certain recommendations that would be one of the add-ons i think that you could experience while staying with us but also not forced and not necessarily if you don't want to be part of that i think again comparing to other concepts it's that one side of of hosting long-term guests in our houses and then on the other hand it's uh, the curation of things you would find which might make a difference in terms of what kind of rooms do we have where mm -hmm. people, you know, can hang out. Um, what is the cultural program in the houses? What is our connection to the local community? Mm -hmm. What kind of collaborations do we have? Um, and so on. So there's, there's a bunch uh, of things to explore, I think, mm -hmm. while staying at Lindenberg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can choose as a guest what I want to just come and stay for a night because I needed a hotel in a nice place and I don't want to opt for the for a big uh, big brand chain uh, and don't I don't have to mingle with others but I I can I have the option to stay longer yeah. and and um, interact and 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 become friends even uh, yeah, with sure, with, yeah. others, with the with the hosts and the and of of the house. So uh, could you give us a, could you paint us a picture of, do you have a typical house that you would say, or is just every house a little different? No, every house is not a little, it's a very much different starting from size. Uh, the first house that we opened um, contains eight rooms. And then the Lindley Lindenberg that we opened in 2019, it's a hundred rooms. So there's, uh, there's very much different concepts going on. We worked with different architects, with different artists, with different interior designers. We have different, a different balance of long stay and short term guests in each house. So the experience we offer or the house offers is, is very, very unique and also very much, um, customized on, 
into the place and into the surrounding or the corner of the city or even Bali. So mm -hmm. it really depends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is there a, a core offering that you have in each of the houses? So the one I went to visit, you had a, a communal kitchen. Could you yes. speak to, to that? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So the, the, I mean, eating and drinking plays obviously a huge role because we all like to, we all like good food. So that was, that played always a huge part in all of our concept. So we started early with creating events around that. We would invite people that we like or artists and we ask them to cook. And then we would invite guests to come over for having certain dinners or lunch menus. Um, so we kept that and we have once a month an evening where we still invite people from from different scenes over to 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 create uh, an evening and cook a little bit or to throw a party and then we have other guests coming over for that um i'd say that in bali the concept is slightly different even the food plays um a huge role obviously as well there we decided to to have less interactions no, let me put it differently. So we decided in Bali that the experience of the collective is a different, which means that we, for example, decided not to have cooking evenings where we ask guests in their holidays to also cook because we <laughs> found that this might not be the perfect fit. But we created a dining table um, where all of our guests can sit and every evening starts with a bonfire at the beach. So the experience of collectiveness and of sharing a meal and of sharing that experience is slightly different to what we offer in Frankfurt, where we have or where we can live more the concept of an or in an urban context, obviously. Yeah. So you are always so the, the place I went to uh, serves breakfast. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's vegan. Are all of your places vegan? All our companies plant based. So all our, all of our activities, every private event that we celebrate with the stuff, everything that we do or aim for is plant based orientated. All our products. So yes, we are. So, um, I had a tasty coffee with, uh, some oat milk. Um, so, uh, I don't have to cook my own breakfast when I stay at your place, right? I don't, I don't have to. I no, you don't have to. You would have the option. I think you visited Libertina Lindenberg. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, when you went. So we have a small grocery store. Uh, on the fifth floor where you could even uh, choose, you know, to pick your granola or to, to grab your soup in the evening, uh, to open a bottle of wine or uh, juice or whatsoever. So you can, you are free to choose. Yeah. So I can, I can have my own breakfast. I can have it served. That looks like a normal, like a small uh, bed and breakfast uh, area. And then, like you said, there is an upstairs with a kitchen and there is a small, a small, like a pantry where you can, like you said, you can pick and choose and pay for it. And, and I can prepare my own meals. And then when, when I'm a long stay guest, you've prepared special arrangements for them, right? With the little buckets that they can make, the little, uh, the little baskets. Yeah, and everyone has every long stay guest would have its own uh, chiller, obviously in a in another kitchen that we have upstairs, so they can they also have their privacy in products they want to uh, choose and arrange. Yeah, so many many different options. And that works for a small hotel like the Libertina that I went to, as well as for the hundred room hotel. Yes, whereas we don't uh, host 
a hundred long stay guests and also don't have the plan to do so. So it's always between 10 and 15 long stay guests. Okay. And that's also what we, that's the perfect mixture for a city hotel, as I would call it. Um, and this is what we planned infrastructurally to, uh, to be. Yes, to accommodate. Okay. okay. Yeah. So if you have 12 or 15 long stay guests and I'm uh, number 16, you're going to say, mm, not this time around. So there is a limit to I'm, that. Yeah, I'm not going to say, Nina might going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to say it. Yeah, somebody has to say it. Um, but also to be, it's not that strict. Uh, so it's not number 16. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, there might be months, I don't know if there were in the past, uh, maybe during Corona, where we were quite lucky that we had the flexibility also to switching to to long stay guests quite easily. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, definitely, you know, you want to make sure that the house and that the floors are alive and that there's always a certain mixture of people. That's mm -hmm. that's when the the fun and the interaction starts, which mm -hmm. is part of of living in one of our houses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it helped you through Corona and through the lockdown. To be able yeah, to I think I think the fact that we could or that we are as a brand and that we also kept moving and you know we were thinking as a team of what to do, how to rearrange, uh, what guests to host, what 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 kind of things to offer. Um, because imagine at the beginning of Corona, you had no idea how long this is going to take. So yes, yeah. for sure, we mm -hmm. would sit together and we would like brainstorm and make the best out of the situation and accommodate long-stay guests and create a certain program for them would be obviously a, a, a beautiful option for us without also losing faces mm -hmm. um, and to keep moving. Yeah. So you're prepared for the next lockdown for sure. <laughs> I hope <laughs> if, it's if it not includes home working, who knows? I hope who it's knows, not right? Um also, I I couldn't help but but uh, you know make a point of it mentally that obviously it this sort of of hotel offering also probably has a much lower personnel cost right than a, a regular hotel would have right you don't you don't have have very very large staffing. No, I wouldn't necessarily agree because we spent we most probably spent more time in other things than regular hotels let's say the cultural part the events the quality management the the part of setting things up the part of hosting long stay guests and so on yeah. i think it's just a different focus mm -hmm. uh, and it was also never meant to be a personal low right. concept with you know, saving on staff because we actually feel that that a personal bond between mm -hmm. host and guest is something that is quite special and as well important. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, and they were all all super accommodating. The and your staff that I met yesterday, um, very charming, very friendly, very accommodating. So, you, and, and the reason why I'm saying it is because at least in, in Germany and some other parts of the world, we're having troubles finding enough staff. So my thought was, well, this maybe helps um, when you have a shortage of, of, of staff to have a concept that perhaps uh, makes do with less staff. But you're saying that's not quite the case because no. you need people for other things. 
I think, I mean, and I'm not saying anything new that it helps if you run a company that has values that are approachable for for I'd say our generation, maybe the generation after as well, and that you understand in the times that we are living in. And again, the, the, the big question, why am I going to work every day? And I think we were lucky enough to find people that don't work for the salary uh, by the end of each month. They work for other reasons and everyone found a reason to, you know, to stay part of the of our team or the collective and i think we are lucky that we on top of that on top of the fact that we are in hard times that we don't have much don't have much fluctuation in our team from my experience this has very little to do with luck when you have people when you find good people and they stay mm. with you it's often it's most of the time it has nothing to do with luck but with a very strategic uh, approach to how to deal with with people in general what is your what is your your how do you lead people what is your leadership concept there is no concept basically and i think being authentic and true to your own values and your own lifestyle and always wanting the same for others as you want for yourself that's a concept that uh, somehow uh, works out well which means that we are a team not only in a sustainable way where we made different decisions on how to give back or how, as I said in the introduction, contribute to uh, communities or areas or or uh, the planet, um, but also to, you know, purely decision-making is a thing that I think within a company there needs to be positions and people carrying certain responsibilities. But I also absolutely feel that uh, bigger decisions shouldn't be, make, shouldn't be made by by one single person i we are looking always looking for discussions and the dialogue to find mm -hmm. best possible options and i think also to learn from each other and to be able to educate each other to grow with each other um that's something i think that that helps in the so-called concept of leading a team um whereas i feel that we are many leaders it's not only me contributing mm -hmm. to the concept of lindenbeck By far not. It's many people doing that. And um, I think that with what makes the magic by the end of the day. So what I hear you say is to have values, be very clear about the values that you have, and then make sure these values are being lived on a day-to-day -day basis and base your decisions around those values as well. As well. Yeah, and don't uh, compromise about them. I think it's very much important. What I said with being authentic to just be true and not to just not to live something on paper. I think that we are lucky that we are the company that we created ourselves, you know, the last 10 years and that I didn't step or my colleagues, they didn't step into positions in a company that were already done. And then you, you get a certain position and you have to fulfill certain requirements. We are lucky that everything, every output we have, it's us by the end of the day. And we don't need to strategize around that. It, it is what it is. So that's obviously different, a different thing and not as much as a challenge as, you know, going into a new surrounding, being a managing director or a, a department leader and fulfilling something. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a it's a basically it's an organic development. You start yes. from a particular place, you're very clear about what you want to do, and then you just develop organically without and, and, and if you do so, then what I hear you say is then you don't need any anything artificial or fancy around it. You just you just develop, right? You just no, grow. I, look, I think Bali is a good example. And my experience in Bali, what I learned from Bali, from the life here, from people here, from the communities here, that was obviously a new chapter that also opened up for the company because talking about trash systems or waste water systems was not a topic before because we needn't we we there was no need to talk about that in, in a German context or on a German construction site. And with having a team members over and some of them stayed longer as well, obviously that creates a new context and new discussions and also a new that rearranges your value system, which is also applicable for the German team and the German context. And uh, that that's nothing you might plan or you can plan. That's something that just happened. Yeah. Or you can prepare yourself for, right? Or you can prepare yourself to a certain degree. And then that certainly is going to crash with the reality of day-to-day -day life, no? Yeah, but still, I mean, I wasn't prepared at all for the challenges <laughs> and for the topics we would have in, in, in an Indonesian context. But I... I just feel blessed with all the experience and also to relate things. You know, we are very lucky in Germany with uh, sometimes the, the infrastructural things that we are struggling with. So what was your, uh, why Bali? Bali was the outcome of, um, of a travel a holiday, basically from my business partner and very good friend who's still within with me in the company, who's uh, the a creative head be, behind all things. And he would come and he loved it so much. So he would call and say, that would be a dream. Let's do it. You should go and have a look. And I went myself. And um, obviously, it's not too hard uh, to fall in love with Bali and the island and the people and the beautiful culture. So the wish to do something was, we were very, very much quick with that. And then it took a while until we had the infrastructure and mm -hmm. the idea. We found quite quick the place where we would, you know, where we, where we said, okay, this would be magical. And I think also it was the other way around that we found that place. And that was the initial, the initial kick to say, okay, now we have to do something because there's that magic beach in the jungle and it's super remote. Let's, let's try a different concept. And that's how it started. Yeah. That's how it started. Okay. That sounds like, like magic. Definitely sounds like magic. Where do you get your guests from? I mean, Bali is not, it's not a virgin place. So there is a lot of competition yeah. there, I assume. I've never been there. So uh, where do you get your guests from? We we decided uh, quite consciously that we are not, that we don't want to be part of any competition as we are a niche concept. Mm -hmm. So I decided purposely not to be on any OT, classic OTAs. You can't find us on on booking.com or on Expedia, you have to book uh, directly or through, through two, three um, platforms that we created. Uh -huh. um, so I feel that the guests that are coming to us, they they found us purposely and they have something in common because they are looking for 
something that is uh, different maybe uh, if it's the area or the concept or the design or the experience um and they are i mean the experience so far with our first destination um is uh, in bali that we have guests from all over the world we have many guests from europe as well And uh, there is no structure to it. We have obviously lots of uh, people that love to surf because it's such a such a luxury that you can do that directly in front of the hotel. Um, we have families. We have people who are into sustainable to sustainability or design or um, that have a different definition of luxury luxury as well. So it's not about. It's not about the club sandwich being served at 5 a.m. in the morning. It's about having space, having being surrounded by nature, getting in touch with communities, helping or helping uh, on the beach clean up Sunday morning. You know, it's just a different, mm -hmm. different uh, approach, and I think mm -hmm. that's what the guests have in common. So if they're looking for you, they will find you. If they're looking for what you are offering, then they will find you and they have to do a little a little searching. They have to earn their right to stay with you in a way. I don't know if they have to earn, but they have to work for it a little bit. Also <laughs> the drive the drive from the airport. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 definitely. But we also thought, you know, again, it's such a niche product and it's not meant also for everyone so i wouldn't necessarily say hey 100 out of 100 people we are the right concept so we and i wanted to make sure with eight rooms that you have people that are 100 they're having the best time the best holidays ever and how can you make sure that this is going to happen you have to make sure that that it's that the, the people they hear from us They either hear it from other people that stayed with us and they have somehow a connection and they understand or they they have experienced themselves or through another way that is more personal than just, you know, showing online some some pictures and not knowing what happens by the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you've encountered some challenges, like you started to mention, around um, running the place in a sustainable way, ecologically. Yes. What are some of your learnings from your from your time in Bali? Um, I think speed in general is something that is that just works different differently here, and also the um, our our German straightforward communication. So I learned uh, that by the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't make any difference if you are, you know, if you're loud or more unpolite or if you have an agenda or not, things are going to be done when they're done. And I I, uh, I have to say, I settled a little bit in that flow as well. And I, um, I, uh, I quite like it. And um, uh, the the weather conditions that are unpredictable are obviously something that you mm -hmm. have to adjust to when you run operations here or when mm -hmm. you build a hotel. I think what is quite interesting and very different from the German context is the spiritual part of it. Um, so during construction, we had a situation where all... 40, 45 workers, they would move their tiny wooden houses they would live in in order to be able to to move forward with the construction because they saw uh, they saw a gestalt, like a, a ghost 
mm-hmm. on the beach one evening and everyone would confirm that. So they would just move their houses away and it was quite tricky to to keep on moving with the construction site. So that's yeah, that was um that was the beauty of uh, being adjusted to to different surroundings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the culture might be the the biggest part of it. But that's mm-hmm. a beautiful adjustment, I have to say. The learnings and Bali is and everyone who stayed here would confirm that is an amazing place with uh, amazing lovingly people. And how do you interact with the communities there? I mean, the, uh, to be we were very we knew that we would come to a village and it would, would start a construction. So I was very conscious about the fact that we're going to build on land and no matter how right. sustainable sustainable right. you're going to build, you are part of a certain development that mm-hmm. changes an area or a village. Not necessarily everything to bad. You also create working space, but it was super important that decisions that are made are hand in hand with the community, which means with we had direct neighbors and they would use a temple that is on the land they still do for their ceremony. So we would create ways so they can access the land anytime without being disturbed by guests or yeah or or seen or unprivate with that. We I would together with with the grandma from the neighbor she would come and she would be so um keen to see the new plans so we would together choose the plans for the temple she would make the decisions on that then we would i met um Muglis, who's a surfer from that area so we would i spent many time with his staying with his family during construction site it's a um muslim super cute muslim surfing family in that area And he would help me to find the right people, giving surf lessons. We would set up a program for kids during Corona that is still existing called the Lost Bunch. I would hire people from the community in order to be able to support uh, dogs in the areas or families that are not necessarily able to, you know, to provide food or medication. So we just also here, we there's no agenda behind, hey, what topic could we add in order to be able to say we are a community-based project, it was just topics popping up. The dog thing became quite an important task in my personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was never planned. It was just the amount of street dogs that you have in Bali in certain areas. So You're basically being a good neighbor and doing just the right thing that... Uh, that just comes up, right? You're just handling think, things yeah, as you would as a neighbor. I th- I think so, th- just also some some behavior skills that you sometimes not find any longer. Just saying hi to people when you see them, and also ask them for opinion. And we got lots of actually good advice from neighbors on on how to build a pool, for example, so it makes sense to the Balinese culture because there's a list of rules you need to follow when you want to mm-hmm. do it right. Um, so I can't make those decisions. I need I need the community to be able to um, to fulfill also expectations from from the Balinese village around us to make it right. Yeah. 
I'm sure that was quite the paradigm shift to come and from an expansion mode in Frankfurt uh, to <laughs> to Bali. Uh, I, I bet to a point you think, well, you know, it, it, things are running well in Frankfurt area, right? Uh, and uh, uh, wow, and then you end up in Bali and you have to relearn probably a lot of things that that uh, that you thought you'd learned before, right? To do it right. Yeah. Yeah, but it was also never, I I mean, luck, luck, I was lucky having such an amazing project team. It was not me in the forest. You know, we had Studio Jenkel or Max Jenkel and Alexis Donier on our sides. And those are people that I experienced in Bali and they have the knowledge. So I was lucky enough to be equipped with the right people in my life um, to to support me through that. And yeah. No, no, that was, it was, uh, mad, it was magical. Obviously, Corona on top, it yeah. was a very, was very special because uh, the island was empty. We all had also, there were weeks where we all had time, you know, to walk through the garden and to talk about radish for one and a half hours. And <laughs> uh, this, this is a luxury you don't have in our days now with yeah. everything yeah. being back to normal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The the little sliver of 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 light in in the time in the dark times of, of Corona. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's luck. I think it's something that you know you get what you exude to a certain degree. So I'm very pleased to hear that that you were so lucky, as you as you say, in so many ways. Uh, I know you're on a schedule, uh, Denise. Uh, just very quickly, what are your plans? So it's Frankfurt and Bali, which is you know, not the most obvious uh, connection. But um, so yeah. here you are. Where are you going from here? What's next? Okay, I'm going to add one more not obvious uh, expansion for the next year. We are going to open um, a Lindenberg in Norway uh, on a, a tiny private island um, that is uh, approximately one hour north from Bergen. And that is in in the midst of the Northern Sea where you can sometimes see whales, but most of the time see sea eagles. And it's one house uh that is uh, very different from bali but uh, not less magical um wow. so more more information uh, to follow yeah follow so do i get the idea that you're really building places where you like to just spend time obviously <laughs> yes not I so like we, the are not, we are not we have we are not travel we sometimes we are lucky that places would cr cross our path and that we would think okay that makes sense from different angles and obviously like one of the requirements would be that we would like a place and we could imagine also to stay there ourselves for a longer time in order to imagine that other people would like it too so yeah 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 I think this is a great strategy. <laughs> I'm all for it. I love it. It's fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, Denise, it sounds really magical, everything you're talking about. And I hope it's been a bit of an inspiration to those listening and maybe expanding their ideas about what a hotel is and should be and could be. And I like how you approach uh, everything you do with a value-based uh, um, or you have a value-based approach the way I see it. And, and what I hear you say is that when you start with the right values, then everything magically falls into place. It looks like luck on the outside, but even though you say there's no strategy, 
I am a, I'm a big proponent for saying if, you're doing, if you have values, you're following them, you're living them, they're not on paper, you're living them, then then um, magic things happen. I want to thank you so much for taking the thank time you so out of your busy schedule in Bali. Um, I, I, I it, it really makes me want to be there. <laughs> it looks it looks wonderful. Um, you look like you're wearing just a light t-shirt. Of course, here in Frankfurt, yeah. we're we're covered in our thick uh, 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 December outfits here, so it looks magic. Magical. Um, uh, thank you for sharing some of the magic with us and letting us um, participate in that a little bit. And we'll be keeping our eyes out for for some more magic that you will bring to the world with everything that you do. Please do so and come visit anytime in Bali. Oh, I love it when guests say this at the end. I'm like, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> On the way. <laughs> Coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Denise. Thank you so much. Thank you so take much. Care. Take care. Okay? Thank you.